So, <clears throat> sometimes a person in the in in the you know watching of all this uh, practice or just anyway in one's life in in one's awareness uh, notices sometimes sometimes a, per- a person may notice that receiving love feels actually more difficult than giving love. And that's actually quite common, and a few of you have brought it up in in the groups. And uh, I wonder if it's a cultural phenomenon. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, But it often feels more difficult to receive. So I just want to say a few words about that. Uh, First of all, if that is the case, you're very much not alone. And just to notice that and to be, again, interested in it. And then I wonder, is it possible today even to begin uh, gently recognizing and tuning in to the different ways that we are actually receiving uh, as, as a beginning? So, for instance, right here on the retreat, we're receiving food and shelter, and the food is very lovingly prepared. That's a receiving. You step out into the grounds and then automatically, organically, by virtue of being alive, we're receiving from nature. We're in that state all the time. And can there be an openness to that? And we're receiving air, receiving light, receiving water, all of this from nature. Uh, We are in a completely dynamic uh, openness of flux with the whole ecosystem. And sometimes, in understandable, we, we lose sight of that. We get um, too tightly bound and wrapped up in, in ourself or our stories or our, our little trip. So today, if you want, when you're outside doing the walking meditation, just stop and you can just let yourself be. And even, maybe, let the metaphrases go, let all that go, and just open to the sense of being, the sense of nature, the sense of what we take in sense of beauty, sense of um, osmosis and permeability with the ecosystem. And there's so much beauty. In a place like this, we're so lucky. We're so lucky. So something about actually just practicing, opening and receiving uh, from nature, in nature that way. And then, of course, we have the support of others. And certainly, as I said right at the beginning, we have the support of others in, in this hall, coming in and, and practicing together and really committing together. And again, it's the sort of thing that we can not tune into. We can kind of just take for granted and lose consciousness of. And in our life, we may feel like, well, I don't have anyone that supports me. But if I, if I reflect a little bit, actually I have plenty of support in my life. Plenty. It's a matter of tuning, it, tuning into it a little bit. And then there's the meta of the others in the hall. So there's all that, but also, a little more subtly perhaps, when I give meta to myself, I'm in a funny sort of position of giving and receiving at the same time. Have you been aware of this at times? You're actually, when you give meta to yourself, you're, I'm giving it to myself, but I'm also receiving it. So I'm the giver and the receiver. Now in that I can become aware of that kind of duality or whatever we might call it and decide to sometimes lean into the feeling of giving and sometimes lean into the sense of receiving and receiving. What is it to receive the love? And actually 
begin to get familiar with the sense of opening to receiving. And that's part of the playfulness that's possible in practice. Sometimes, and, and uh, again, you know, that exercise that we've been doing at 2.30, and sometimes what's really difficult for people in that, in the contact, is, is, the, is the receiving, sometimes. So another possibility is perhaps reflecting or bringing to mind someone, perhaps while you're sitting or another quiet time or while you're walking, someone who you know cares for you. And you know that their care is pretty constant. And that could be a friend or a loved one. It could be a teacher. And thinking of them and bringing bringing their care uh, into your consciousness. And in a way seeing, because of the very constancy, it's almost like I can tune into it, I can leave it, I can tune into it, I can turn away from it. And it's minus the sort of charge and you know the pregnant charge of of the of the immediate interaction, eye to eye contact, etc. And so, in a way, it's a kind of safer thing. Well, that person's I don't know, maybe know even where they are right now, or they're there somewhere in the distance, or whatever it is. And just tuning into that constancy, and I receive in my own space, in my own time, from from a source that I I trust is is more constant. When I have enough nourishment inside, and keep going back to this theme of, of nourishing ourselves, nourishing ourselves, I brought up in the opening talk, when I am nourished enough inside, or to the degree that I feel nourished enough inside, um, I can receive. To the degree that I feel nourished, I'm, uh, I will be open to receiving. When my, the matter to, to myself, the self-love, uh, when as that grows... And I feel, again, that I have enough self-love. To that degree, I will be open to receiving. When I have, because when I have enough self-love, again, if we think about that exercise that we've been doing at 2.30, and, and yesterday it became clear, you know, what's getting in the way here? Why, is, why does this feel so difficult sometimes for some, for many, in fact, most probably? It's the self-consciousness. Something comes in in the moment of contact and it's self-consciousness and somehow not maybe feeling good enough or feeling exposed in, in all our perhaps imperfection or all of that. Not, not perhaps even that uh, verbal or conscious. The self-consciousness blocks the ability to receive, blocks the openness to receive. And when I have enough self-love, that self-consciousness can just... Uh, it almost it gets inundated with the self-love and then it just it just quietens when i or to, the more i see through uh, the whole actually illusion of a separate self um, again the less the self-consciousness naturally and we'll, we'll talk more about that as, as the retreat goes on so we have this sense of, of separate beings walking around and, and that gets very solidified and tightly bound. And as that uh, begins to be exposed, uh, dissolve, the whole sense of self-consciousness begins to dissolve and, and we're open to receiving. And eventually, actually, the whole sense of receiving begins to dissolve. It be- begins to, at one level, not really mean much. 
So this is this is not for everyone, but for many, it's it's a challenging sort of aspect of the practice. But there's, there's hopefully you can pick up a few threads if if it feels like you want to play with that a little bit and explore. And is it possible to encourage that rece- that sense of receiving a little bit and just play with that and what what might be possible? Uh, today we're going to add two two new categories. Um, the so-called neutral person and the so-called difficult person. Um, remember, with these with these uh, categories, we're moving just very simply from what's easy to, to more what's difficult. We're uh, going, we're stretching that into that boundlessness that I was talking about—the boundlessness and the unconditionality. Um, I just throw something out because a couple of people have said it, and it may be helpful. Um, sometimes, when we're doing the meta towards, say, the easiest person or the friend, uh, sometimes, at times, for some people, what can actually come up is sexual feelings or sexual thoughts in in relationship to this person. That's actually very normal. It's a very normal part of, of the practice. You know, we're human beings, and uh, the heart opens, and uh, in in a way, other other dimensions of the being open too. So, you know, not to uh, panic if if that happens. It's it's, it's fine and it's normal. Um, the the thing about it is, oftentimes when we have sexual feelings, what again, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what, but. It, we tend to go up to the mind and, and the thinking and get caught on the level of fantasy and imagery. And especially if it's met and we think, oh, I shouldn't be having this and trying to push it down or just get lost in, in the fantasy. And we've been talking a lot about body energies. And actually it's possible that, like I said, the meta and the sexual feeling might be quite close in terms of body energies. And so what would it be to just open just open the body and, and be more in the body with the expression of what's just basically, you know, lovely life energy moving and not, not get too uh, trapped in the thinking or in trying to repress anything. And so letting, letting it open and letting it fill the body and that very opening to it allows it to move and fill and you can actually enjoy it in a certain way and it, and it can shade, you can uh, shade it into metta. It becomes uh, something... Chris used this phrase, and I use it as interpreting an energy in a different way. It's it's malleable. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we have these categories. Um, I think I'll just talk about the neutral now. And what we'll do is, instead of that exercise today, we'll add the difficult person uh, as a guide of meditation uh, at two thirty. So neutral. What does that mean? Um, prob- very probably most of the 6 billion plus people on the planet are going to be neutral to us that we don't really have much feeling for them one way or another neutral really means that there's not really much uh, like or dislike for or against uh, reactivity going on um, So we want to pick a person who falls into this category. It might be someone on the retreat. 
Now it's interesting in, in, in a group of people, there are some people, you walk into a room and, or you get used to a group of people, and there are some people we just perhaps feel drawn to or have an affinity with or attracted to, and others we have the opposite for whatever reasons, uh, conditioning, etc. We have some irritation with or judgment of or dislike. And then there are some people that we probably barely notice. We probably, it's like we, we screen out certain people uh, and others we, we, we take in. So maybe your neutral person could be someone on this retreat that you just haven't really paid much attention to for whatever reason. Or it could be someone in your life, maybe someone uh, you know, works at the supermarket or, or something like that. Someone you have contact with but you've never really uh, given, given that much attention to. And that doesn't really kind of rub you one, one way or another. In practice, this is, this is quite interesting in a way, because they are, we don't have particularly this feeling or that feeling for them, it's almost like the self finds it hard to get engaged with them. It's like they're not pressing the buttons in the self, uh, which usually uh, the self feels like it, it needs to get uh, you know, interested in something, either because I want something from this person, or I, I like them, or I don't. And so with that, interestingly, when the self isn't engaged, we often get bored. And so one can be doing the neutral person and and just oh, right. uh, uh, or spacing out a little bit. So that watching out for that might take a little bit more, a um, little bit more energy to inject into the practice. And uh, it might be that after a while, uh, and this is very common, if we were on a longer retreat, you stay with a neutral person, and after a while they feel so dear to you and so. Uh, you, you know, adorable, <laughs> that they're no longer neutral at all. And for, to practice the neutral catch, you need to pick someone else. So that, that can happen. Um, I hope it happens today, but um, it, it often will happen if this was, if this was a longer retreat. Um, uh, reflection can really help too. So um, we've touched on this before, but... I don't know anything about this person. Okay, here I am for the first time noticing, oh goodness, this person's here. I didn't even see them before uh, on the retreat, if it's someone on the retreat. And, and what do I know about them? Very little, very little. I might try and guess stuff from the way they dress or whatever, which is not a good idea on retreat, which is not, not a particular fashion show. <laughs> um, but what I do know is, is that there's this commonality there. There's a real commonality of um, they want well-being. All beings want well-being. Wanting happiness, wanting peace and, and physical uh, ease and all of that. I, I know that. I don't have to know anything about them in any detail more to know that. So tuning into that commonality, tuning in, they want happiness. Another one that you can try playing with if you want is tuning into mortality. So again, I don't know anything about this person, but I know that they're going to die, just like me. And it's a sense of including, kind of in the background of the metta, uh, a sense of our common mortality, the fact of our uh, brevity of existence on this earth. And with that, of course, our physical vulnerability. 
I don't know what illness I will get or this person will get. I don't know how long my lifespan will be. My body is very vulnerable to all kinds of things, accidents and injury and all kinds of things. Uh, There's a vulnerability too in terms of relationships and emotions. We are vulnerable beings. We are sensitive, open beings. So this person, again, I don't know, but I know that they're vulnerable in, in their relationships to being hurt, to being lonely, to being rejected, probably unless they're quite evolved uh, spiritually, um, uh, vulnerable in their emotions likewise. I have to be a little careful with this. Chris tonight is going to talk about compassion. If I lean that, those reflections of vulnerability and mortality too much, I just have to watch what comes up. So it's, it's actually possible I can be aware of death and what comes up is happiness. It, it's actually quite common and quite possible. Or I can ref, be reflecting on death and vulnerability and what comes up is uh, compassion uh, because the sense of vulnerability and suffering is there. Compassion is in a way part of metta but also slightly different. And I, I would say we want to, on this retreat, let it go there sometimes but not too not too much because we're... Uh, wanting it to be more a meta stream, which is a bit more buoyant and bright than uh, is not so much overemphasizing the focus on suffering. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so it's fine for that to come up, but just watch, watching if if you are using that mortality and vulnerability thing, watching not to overdo it, that the thing gets actually uh, morphs into a compassion practice. Um, but the contemplation of mortality and bringing that in can be extremely powerful generally in practice and particularly for metta and for compassion. And uh, we've had that skeleton there for about a year now and uh, regularly people tell me, you know, at first it's a bit, wow, there's a skeleton. Um, but it's spending a little time actually how much compassion it brings up naturally, just l- looking at death, looking at death and including death, opening the heart to death brings that up okay I'm going to stop there and we'll do the, we'll do a guided meditation with a difficult person at 2.30 instead of the exercise okay Taking a few minutes, a few moments to to really establish the posture, taking a little time with it. Even if it feels like it's very familiar now on the retreat, just taking the time to set the posture. just as much as possible that sense of openness and softness in the posture together with a sense of uprightness, wakefulness 
So even the posture is embodying a sense of the beauty, the dignity of the practice. Feeling into that, feeling into that quality in the posture, just as much as it's accessible right now. And then again, opening that awareness, stretching that awareness over the space of the body. And really filling that space with awareness. Permeating it with awareness. And sensitive. Sensitive to the tone, the texture, the vibration. Lightly, delicately, without pressure. beginning to offer the loving-kindness and the intentions of care, of well-wishing, wherever it feels easiest right now. To whomever it feels easiest, to yourself, to easiest person, to the friend, being playful in the way you work, finding what works for you and nourishing that, nurturing nurturing the stream of intention.
softening into the metta, softening into the intention of kindness, softening the body into that stream of tenderness. Allowing, sometimes just allowing the kindness to flow there quietly. Just wrapping yourself or whoever you are offering the matter to in kindness, wrapping in warmth, in care. Touching with tenderness, with brightness, with light, with healing. And just over and over wishing well, simply wishing well.
feel ready, inviting into the heart space, inviting into the awareness, the image or the sense of a so-called neutral person, someone for whom there's not particularly a strong feeling one way or another. someone here on the retreat or at Guy House or someone on the edges of your life somehow. Just seeing if you can get as much as possible a vivid sense of them, just somehow, however that is. Staying sensitive to the whole body, your body. Not knowing much about this person's life, perhaps. But reflecting on the common, natural human desire for happiness, for peace, for physical well-being. This person must have their joys and their delights and their struggles and their difficulties. All of that, their whole complex human life. Just like us, just like us. Feeling the bond of that commonality. We share, we have in common so much more than we have indifference. So much more. beginning to offer them the same well-wishing, allowing the same care and love and warmth to pour out over them, to hold them. This stranger, this beautiful, wonderful, complex human being. Wishing them well. Their life, their being, their body.
possible to get a sense of the preciousness of their life, the miracle, the wonder of their existence. very being a miracle. Wishing them happiness and perhaps seeing them happy, seeing them smiling. content, fulfilled. Wishing that for them.
And when you feel ready, just returning again to the simple, open sensitivity to the whole of your own body, right here and now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.